I've personally bought a lot of products on the platform. And through a study, we found that 92% of the people have either already purchased something or willing to do it. What do TikTok users want? Hello and welcome to Growth Masterminds. My name is John Goods here. We all know TikTok, right? It's this massive and still fast growing giant. It's in mobile entertainment, short form video, and now of course, advertising, it's a giant as well. But what do people really want on TikTok and how can advertisers best optimize ads on the platform? To chat, we're joined by Jennifer Sudo. She's a managing partner at MSC Saatchi. And she just completed a massive survey of TikTok users, what they want, what they do, what they think, how they think, and more. Welcome, Jennifer. Hi, John. Let's start super broad. What do people on TikTok want? A great question. Um, and it's one that we really cannot ignore, knowing that there's over a billion people on the platform um, signing in every single day. Um, we, to your point, did this massive study last month and um, really wanted to understand what people were doing on the platform so that as advertisers, we just had a more effective way of reaching them. Um, so instead of just running a bunch of ads that we would typically run on other social platforms, it was important for us to really understand what motivated them and the type of content they look at. Um, so, you know, high level, what people really want is short form video. Um, we've become this culture of, you know, on demand. I want everything right now when I want it. And uh, short form video has become super popular. It's been around for a really long time, so it's nothing new. Um, especially, you know, in the age of Snapchat, people are so used to shooting vertical short form video, but it's just blown up. I think people's attention span has gotten even shorter. And so um, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why on top of being such an addictive platform, um, people have navigated over to TikTok. Um, so people just want really quick, straight to the point content about everything. There's a community for every type of interest from you know, advice on relationships to cooking tips to financial help to, you know, every kind of topic um, you can imagine, you can probably find on the platform. Um, and that's really what people want. They want things that they would find on other platforms, but just in a more digestible format. It is addictive. I've, I believe I've uh, deleted the TikTok app about four or five times and then reinstalled it and deleted it and reinstalled it and trying to manage my use of technology and all that stuff. I don't know if you've had similar issues. Yeah, though, because we work in the industry, it's not something we should be doing. <laughs> that great. We platform and understand what it's like to be a user. Um, but yeah, it's extremely addicting on average. People spend about 90 minutes per day on the platform, which doesn't seem too large because when you watch TV, most shows are about 30 minutes to an hour. Um, but if you think about how short the videos are, typically 10 to 15 seconds. Um, but if you assume every video, uh, or people spend about a minute per video and that includes scrolling through or spending more time in the comments or clicking through on links. That's 90 videos per day. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of opportunity to learn about a number of different things or just pass the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is an interesting way to think about it. The 90 minutes is, is 90 videos or 60 videos, depending on whether you're commenting or other things like that, versus probably most of us don't think twice about spending 90 minutes on a streaming platform in front of a bigger mm -hmm. screen that hangs on the wall uh, versus the small screen in our hands. 
Let's talk about actions that people take as a result of being on TikTok. I recently saw, uh, it was an unknown author, totally unknown author. He's like literally in his 50s or 60s, wrote a book over the course of like a decade. And it didn't take off, self-published probably something on, on Amazon. His daughter posts about uh, his book on TikTok and it immediately jumped to the bestseller ranks. Have you heard, does that sound surprising or do you hear stories like that every day? I don't hear the stories every day, but I'm on the platform every day and I learn something new every single day. So um, it's not surprising at all. I mean, a lot of products have gone viral just from TikTok alone. And a lot of the videos will start from TikTok and then be shared on Instagram, for example. Mm -hmm. There is this virality to the platform that we don't see anywhere else. Um, And sometimes it can just be one video that influences you. Um, You know, somebody who is credible might post uh, something about a book that they just recently read and, you know, gave their opinion. It was an amazing book. I couldn't put it down. I read half of the book, you know, the first night. It made me cry in the first 10 minutes. Like those types of things just add a lot more demand to it. And then the community just creates even more um, popularity, you know, and when you constantly see videos about the same thing and everyone says glowing reviews, it makes you want to pick up the book and read it too. Absolutely. And the most interesting thing about this particular story to me was that she wasn't a big TikToker, the daughter, and and her approach was, hey, my dad did this book. He spent 14 <laughs> years on it. <laughs> Almost no one has bought it, but I think it's really cool. You should check it out. And somehow that appeal just galvanized tons of people. But what it shows to me in terms of commerce on TikTok, that clearly TikTok can motivate action. What did you learn about commerce and buying things based on TikTok ads, TikToks themselves, or just behavior on TikTok? Yeah, um, TikTok is very influential. I mean, I've personally bought a lot of products on the platform. And through a study, we found that 92% of the people um, had either already purchased something or were willing to do it. So that number surprised me because I didn't realize just to what degree the platform was influencing people. But if you think about the type of content that's out there, it's so easy to just show people how to use a product or the right way to use a product or, you know, discovering things that solve everyday problems through everyday people, there's such a great way to show the perspective of the user through this type of content. Um, and I, I think that is why people have found it so successful in selling the products to the audience there. Um, and I think that's the key. It's just, you see everyday people posting, you know, videos about how these products and services have changed their lives. And there's hundreds, millions of people just like them who have the same problem. So it's this community that's just sharing um, this information and uh, it's picked up uh, a lot of momentum. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, recently I saw uh, a video about a woman cleaning her dog's paws. And here in Southern California, we had, you know, several days of rain where when I would come back to the house, his her paws were very muddy. So this video hit me at the very right time. And um <laughs> I went to her page. She was selling a product that actually cleaned the dog's paws. Um, and it came with a slow comb pad that you could just remove. And so um, it made me want to do additional research. I didn't actually buy it right on the spot, but it was something that I discovered 
at a time when I actually needed it. Wow. And I ultimately bought it. <laughs> wow. Something pinged in my brain when you were saying that you have bought multiple products based on what you've seen on TikTok. I have, I have a lot of streaming platforms. I like movies. I like TV. I'll spend around 90 minutes, 60 minutes a night watching whether it's Amazon Prime, whether it's Apple TV Plus, occasionally, um, you know, Disney Plus or Netflix. I can't recall a single product or service that I have ever purchased mm -hmm. based on any of those hundreds or thousands of hours of watching streaming TV. That's kind of a significant difference. Yeah, and I think that goes for a lot of people. Um, the way we used to advertise was, you know, there would be pods in between shows where advertisers would run their 30-second spot or however long that they were, um, but people would multi-screen and jump onto their phones while they're watching live TV. Um, and same with browsing websites and going through different apps. You're sort of used to seeing ads in specific placements that you just completely ignore them now. And I'm one of those people where I, even though I work in the industry, I don't want my experience to be disrupted by something I'm not looking for. So, you know, people will pay money to avoid ads completely. But on TikTok, a lot of people spend their time on their For You page, which is content from people you don't even follow. So when there's sponsored posts kind of sprinkled in there, you almost can't even tell whether it's an actual piece of content or just an ad. Um, mm -hmm. So I think there's this initial, um, you know, uh, people just can't tell right away. So it just resonates a lot better than if you were on Instagram and you see the ad. It's not somebody you follow, so you immediately just skip through it. Um, and then advertisers are now using content creators to just resonate a bit more organically with people who are watching the video. So it's not so obvious that it's an ad. People are trying to relate to whoever it is that they're trying to target and create value. And that's really what makes it even more compelling. Based on that, based on what you've learned in the study, how should advertisers treat TikTok? I think the biggest thing that we tell our clients is to not produce ads. Yes, we're promoting your products and services, but don't blatantly just promote them. It's too self-serving. It is not going to resonate with people. What people want to know is how did it work out for an actual customer? So the social proof goes really far and, you know, proving to somebody why they would need something. So it could be a skincare product where a woman is showing their beautiful skin and everybody wants to know what products are you using? <laughs> I'm learning <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, make TikToks, not ads. And that's something that a lot of people will say, but it's not as easy as just putting out any type of UGC video. There is an art to it too. Um, to create content, one of the best ways is to partner with creators or influencers. And um, we've we've helped a lot of our clients do that. And um, again, it's not as easy as just working with anybody and creating a video to put out there. Um, you know, you really have to spend a lot of time screening these creators to make sure they are an extension of your brand. Does the rest of their content fit in with your aesthetic? Are they actual customers? Because if they're not, 
you can't simply just pay somebody to promote your product. And people are smart now. They know when somebody is just saying, this is the best thing ever. No, <laughs> everything cannot be the best thing ever. You're just getting paid to say it. And maybe I'm aware of the brand now, but it's not going to make me want to go and get it. And um, because of that, there's this new trend called de-influencing. It's been around for a bit, but it's picked up a lot of momentum recently because people are just tired of sponsored content in their feeds and authenticity is a huge buzzword. People talk about it, overuse it maybe, <laughs> but it's because, you know, influencers are just promoting products that they don't even use and people can see right through it. So whenever possible, just make sure that your partnerships are true to your brand and if you can use people who are actual advocates of your brand um, and if they're not give them your product let them try it out give their real opinion about their experience versus trying to dictate everything that they're going to say in the video that's super interesting and it makes me think that the challenges of solving influencer marketing are shifting Early on in influencer marketing, some of the challenges were, how do we scale this? How do we connect with people? How do we, you know, make this part of a repeatable process? And I think that's largely been solved. There's some platforms for doing this. There's some ways for doing this. There's some process and some best practices around that now. But what you're saying is now that there's kind of repeatability and maybe saturation around this, the hard part is shifting to finding the right people who are doing it for the right reasons and can do it authentically to an authentic mm -hmm. audience. Is that correct? Yep, that's exactly it. Interesting. Interesting. That's a harder challenge. The first challenge is kind of a technology challenge. It's kind of a scaling challenge. This challenge is... That's hard to scale because that requires evaluation, that requires consideration, that requires, there's soft skills involved in that new challenge, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very tedious process, screening creators, but, but uh, we have to spend a lot of time doing it. You can't just put out any type of content and it's not about volume, it's more about quality in our mm -hmm. opinion. So mm -hmm. we like to help our clients no matter how long it takes to find the right partnerships. And you really don't need massive production budgets to work with creators. And that's the beauty of TikTok. It's a lot more efficient than other platforms. And it is not only cheaper, but it's very effective right now. It's a sticky app and people are open to seeing apps on the platform and they're actually converting. So there's a lot of success stories that we have at the agency. And it's really just trying to find the right recipe and how to market your products directly to people on the software. Mm -hmm. Talk about live shopping a bit. Um, that's been a big deal. I know TikTok has danced around a little bit. I'm not sure if they're actually uh, testing it right now. Uh, a lot of platforms have, 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 have tried that in the West. It's obviously huge in the East. Uh, where do you see that going on TikTok? Do you see that being a big deal at some point? Mm -hmm. I do think it'll become a bigger deal. I think there's a lot of discussions around how it'll evolve because I, I go on TikTok lives, you know, sometimes, but it doesn't really catch my attention. 
There's mm-hmm. a lot of shopping segments that are gamified and you see a lot of people engaging with that type of content. It doesn't personally resonate with me because I don't see mm-hmm. myself just impulse buying through a segment, mm-hmm. but I can mm-hmm. see why it's so appealing to some people. So I can see it evolving in a way similar to what HSN or QBC was um, in the, the 90s, 2000s, and how people would just tune in because they were getting specific deals on products. You can bundle mm-hmm. things and offer a, a discount to people, which I think is appealing. The problem though is shopping has become so fragmented. And again, we're an on-demand culture. I, I don't want to tune in at you know seven o'clock just for a discount when I can get that same product by going to your website or waiting for a sale or going into the store. There's just so many different ways to buy it. Yeah. So I think brands will need to think about why somebody would want to tune in live. I mean, we had live TV and then it went to streaming and now suddenly the younger generation is tuning in live again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And interesting too is that they're actually buying coins to just gift to the creators too. So people will just sit on live and talk to their fans, which is another way of driving engagement. But when it comes to commerce, I think that needs a bit more financing on the brand side. You know, thinking about what is going to motivate people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And probably um, some sense of what verticals it works for, um, what demographics it works for as well. Uh, I think there's a lot to be learned there yet. Talk about how you see TikTok evolving. Um, you can't sustain the massive growth rates that it has had over the past few years. Uh, forever, just because <laughs> you've grown so big already, you've taken up so much mm-hmm. of the possible market space. How do you see the platform evolving? We've seen so much change, uh, not just the growth, but the ad uh, revenue has been in- impressive. Uh, the ad tools that they've added have been impressive. Uh, what do you think is going to change in the next couple of years on TikTok? I think the most immediate change is going to be the search functionality. They've already prioritized search on the platform, trying to make it easier for people to discover videos. So instead of just using the caption to put in some keywords that will help people find it, you can now find videos just based on the audio, the subtitles. Um, They've now maximized the captions up to 2,200 characters, which is quite a lot. Um, And... In the comments, you can also tag different keywords so people can click through and find other videos. So they've made it much easier, but I think there's filters lacking. I think there's a lot more they can add to the actual the search feature to make it more like Google. Um, and then also the, the search results that actually come up. Are, are they really showing the most relevant results that people care about? Um, but especially with the younger generations, they're using TikTok more now than Google to search for content. And with this new culture of short form video, uh, it's a lot easier to get information within these, you know, short snackable type videos versus going to the website and having to read through long blogs and seeing display manners all over. <laughs> it's just so much easier to just get to the point. Just yeah. tell me what to buy. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to a new city and you want to know the top places to visit, you know, you can go to TikTok and just search, you know, top five places and easily just maybe spend an hour looking at a few videos and you might get varying opinions. But now you have an idea of what the top five 
places are to those different people. And it's just a lot easier um, than going to a blog. I, I've done it myself and I find it to be very useful. And I think also because I'm a visual person, mm-hmm. I would prefer that over seeing maybe pixelated photos on Google. <laughs> it's a better experience for some Super, super interesting. I had never thought of using TikTok that way. Um, I appreciate the insight. I go to a lot of places and sometimes just checking it out that way might be super interesting and actually kind of an entertaining way to get the information and the insight that I need. Uh, Really like that. I think one of the challenges that TikTok will face as it continues to grow and as there's internal demand to expand the product to expand what it does and what it offers is uh, potential complexity being added. I, I did a bit of a informal, one of these days I'm going to do a formal study on all the different actions you can take on Facebook. Let's say I won't even do Instagram. That's, that's much simpler, but on just the Facebook app. And I, I'm pretty sure I came up to like 30 or 40 different things you could do and different actions you could take, uh, clicking a menu and then a sub menu or something like that. The the amazing thing about TikTok has always been that it's essentially one thing, you know, thumb up, thumb up, thumb mm-hmm. up, thumb up. There's 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 more, obviously, but it's very, very simple. And that might be that'll be interesting if they can maintain that simplicity of how you use the app, even as they add more functionality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um I think a lot of people prefer it to be Simple in the way that you just mentioned. It is an entertainment platform first. So I don't know if people actually go to it as a search engine initially. I think it's great for discovering new products, but you know, I think people need to keep in mind that it is an entertainment platform and you have to keep serving content this that is going to keep people in the platform engaged. But knowing that people appreciate learning about new products, you can give them easy access to other information, whether it's in the app or outside, just by linking or tagging other accounts or, you know, continuing a a conversation about a product that might require more than just one video to get somebody to actually ultimately convert. But there's just a lot of different ways you can put the video out there strategically in a way to get, if you're a brand, to get them to purchase your product. It could even be, you know, if you're a content creator and you only have 10 minutes max to give people information, you can continue the story on your own website or drive people to your YouTube page. Um, it would be great too if there are more filing capacities on the platform. You could already save videos. You can like it and it's stored in another you know section within your account. But maybe you want to start you know sorting it in certain different ways. To, um, you know. I think those type of filters would just make it a lot more useful. If you've ever tried to refind a liked video on TikTok, good luck. You'll <laughs> be sitting there scrolling for some hours. I know it was here somewhere. And yeah, good luck on that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, it struck me as you were chatting that we've talked for, it's got to be two decades now about search engine optimization and optimizing for Google. And so uh, whether you're a city that wants tourism, whether you're a show on Broadway, whether you're a TV show, whether you offer a new way, amazing, incredible way to plunge your toilet, 
or whatever you might have, a mobile app, um, you've optimized for Google, certainly for the last decade. Are you getting clients who are saying, optimize me for TikTok and put a bunch of different TikToks out there? And you know what? If we get immediate action, great, wonderful. But you know, in SEO, that's not what really happens most of the time. But you invest, 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 and there's a stable of content. And eventually you rank well and somebody searches and boom, there you go, right? Are you starting to see that on a TikTok uh, frame? We are starting to see that with a lot of content creators who want their videos to be watched more. So increasing views by optimizing for SEO and doing that through adding keywords, whether it's the video, audio, um, the captions, the subtitles, the, um, uh, the hashtags. There's lots of ways that you can get people to find your video. But from a brand perspective, a lot of people don't have their own organic channels. And so mm-hmm. we're starting to get more questions around how do we, you know, have um, an account that has a lot of videos that will still be relevant to people even after, um, you know, they see our ads. So continuing the conversation, that could be working with a content creator, having them introduce your product. But if somebody was interested in finding more, didn't want to go to your website, you can link it to your account and there you'll have tons of other content that would be relevant for that user. And so... Within those videos, you can also incorporate SEO strategies so that, you know, if you are introduced to your product through a creator, people can find it through a search because it might be something that they're looking for. You're Mm -hmm. about to buy a home and you want to understand more about home insurance. You could be a home insurance company, which isn't maybe the sexiest thing to be on TikTok. And people don't go to the platform to learn about that specifically, but you can offer up that information and create uh, interest talk around that specific topic that people will eventually find. So it's really just using it in a way where when people are ready to get that information, it's available to them. And yes. that's really the power of ads, right? It's the ability to influence people it depends ultimately on where they are in the buying process. So you can't just run an ad and expect people to convert. You also have to consider where in the funnel they are. And if you need to add content on the platform that touches upon all of those different areas, then I think you'll have more success, whether it's immediately or in the future, just by offering up that content. So for us, we always recommend to our clients, if it might take, you know, 10 videos to educate somebody to get to the point of a conversion, you know, there's no harm in just producing content on a constant basis so that it's it's available for them. Wonderful. Jennifer, this has been an enjoyable half an hour. I really do appreciate your insights. I believe I heard an ad agency say, don't make ads in this episode. (laughs) And uh, thank you so much for taking the time to share. Yeah, thank you so much, Shana. It was a pleasure. 